I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Horror vs. Reality. If my greeting didn't just give it away, we're doing a Thai film today. Morgan, how are you? I'm good. Or as in Thailand, they say Swadika, I think. Uh, very fine, thank you, I think. Is what <laughs> yeah, something like something that. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, fun fact, my stepdad was stationed in Thailand during Vietnam, so... What? Oh, that's yeah. Cool. So I mean, that, not the whole Vietnam thing, but like that he got. Well, sh- uh, no, he was in the Air Force on a desk job, more or less, over there. He didn't see action. Nice. It actually was a pretty sweet deal, smoking Thai stick over in Thailand, not seeing <laughs> action. That's yeah. the way to spend your Vietnam. Yeah, that's that's way better than a, a lot of the majority of people that went to. Yeah. <laughs> that because war. he joined the Air Force, he had a pretty sweet deal. <laughs> Yeah, my hippie uncle was like, I'm going to join the Navy. And then they're like, we're going to deploy the Navy to Vietnam. But then when they got to Vietnam, to whatever bay it was, mm-hmm. they ended up blowing, like the Viet Cong ended up like blowing up the docks and taking over the area. So mm-hmm. all they did was float around in the bay for like nine months. And that's all they did. <laughs> They, they never got to port because they were supposed to go to battle, but they never got to port. <laughs> it was too dangerous. Yeah. Oh, man. Man. Both, well, that's. It's they both lucked up. They lucked <laughs> up really well. Both yeah. <laughs> uh, I think my dad was a little too young for Vietnam. When did Vietnam end? 72? 70. Yeah, my dad was too young to be in Vietnam. Um, my dad is like uh, seven years younger, no, six years younger than my stepdad, something like that. Oh, 75 is when it ended. Oh, that's... okay. Well, my dad could have been in the very tail end of it. Yeah, he was the in the end. Navy when he was 18. But yeah, anyway, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> we digress. Yes. Uh, today's episode is Z-Wee. Is that how we're pronouncing it? Z-Wee? Like that's Z-wee. the way... That's kiwi? the way they like it rhymes with kiwi. Yeah, because <laughs> like that's that's their bastardization of his actual name, though. Yeah, I think it's Siwi. Ziwi. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was Siwei. Was the way I, you're supposed to be pronounced, but they call it Ziwi. I thought it was Siwei, but then I was listening to some t- Thai lady talk about Siwei. Right. And all I could understand was see way, see no see we, 
I guess she was telling a ghost story or something, and the only words I could pick out was seaweed. Yeah, but again, that would be the Thai bastardization of his actual name, which is Chinese. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so I think it's pronounced Siway, and they're just pronouncing it that way because they're racist. Yeah. Yeah, Um... I'm pretty sure that's what's happening there. Um, If you are a fan that speaks... Uh, Mandarin or Thai or knows anything about this, uh, write in. Let us know. Because um, we don't know exactly. We are doing the best we can with what we could find. There wasn't a lot on this film or there wasn't really even that much on the case. Yeah, there's, there's a lot a... about it. Huh. Go ahead. There's a lot of like lore to it. Lore to it, and then there's doubt that he was even the one that was the killer. Yes. And um, there's also uh, not a lot known about his life in China pre-Thailand. It's just a lot of it's like speculation and folklore. Um, Yeah. People who, yeah, you only got so much out of him. And then he did. He barely even spoke Thai. So yeah, he used a translator. So it's everything that the translator said, because the they didn't. The translator could have just sold him under the bus. We don't yeah, know. he really, he really could have, because yeah. I don't even think they recorded what he said. Yeah, know? to my knowledge, they didn't. So we'll yeah. get into whether or not this man's a criminal or not later on. Uh, but for right now, excuse me. For right now, we'll, we are just going to focus. On the way the film portrays him, which is actually in a really sympathetic light. And uh, we'll just focus on the way uh, the movie went. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. Yes. Okay, so. Z. Uh, we. Z. We. Z. We. That's for saying. Z. We. Yeah, so the directors are Bernie Rachchaiban. Um, we're butchering all these names. Uh, we're trying our best, guys. We are, um, and ladies, and everyone. <laughs> we are trying our best to make out these words. Um, we don't speak Thai. I was only mildly um, around Thai culture as a kid from my stepdad um, and the Thai restaurant that we went to all the time. <laughs> so we're we're doing our best. Okay, but uh, so, Burini Rashjaiban uh, is a Thai director known for Ziwi, as well as being an assistant director on the 1984 film The Killing Fields. Oh. Uh, yeah, which is, so, you know, that's not a big credit, but that is a more knowable credit for us, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, Nida Sutrat Na Ayutthaya. Uh, is the other director, and she is only known for this movie. And they passed away in 2013, so that's all I know about her from IMDb. Uh, yeah. Uh. Yeah, there's just, there was just not a ton on those directors. Um, yeah. So uh, it stars Duan Yi Hong as Ziwi. Uh, he's a Chinese actor best known for his role as Yan Lang and Soldier Sortie, uh, 2006. 
Long Wings Hang in My Chief and the Regiment from 2009 and Hai Wah in White Deer Plain uh, from 2011. Uh, Duan is married to Chinese-Japanese actress Wang Jin. Um, now, uh, the actress who plays Dara, the journalist, is Primsini Ratanasva. She is best known here in the States for the 2000 Nicolas Cage film, Bangkok Dangerous. <laughs> do you remember that movie? <laughs> I did not see that. I didn't either, but do you, you, I'm sure you've heard of it though. Yeah, but I didn't it's, see it. Is it no, bad? It's, it's not great. <laughs> it's definitely one of those ones that you list off in the laundry list of bad Nicolas Cage movies. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Mandy. <laughs> you feel me? It's not yeah. Leaving Las Vegas. Leaving Las Vegas. Leaving Las Vegas is one of the most depressing movies I've ever seen. Yeah, it is. It's just He's Nicolas Cage a... drinking himself to death in a hotel room. I know. It's. Ugh. I forgot about that movie. Yeah, that's a good he's, one. He's such an alcoholic, like so bad. Yeah, I mean, he he's literally trying to kill himself. Yeah. Slowly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, Zee is her only other film credit, so take with that what you will. I don't know if she just like quit acting or what. Um, Cha-Chai playing Panich as Sant. Uh, Dara's boss, Santi. Santi. Uh, Dara's boss. Um, he's a popular Thai film and television actor known for starring in many Lackhorns. Now, those are Thai soap operas. Uh, so he met his wife, uh, Sinjai, on the set of a film where they were both uh, starring in lead roles. Um, and they eventually got married about like 10 years later. Um, they have three sons named Gun, Dom, and Bomb. <laughs> Gun, Dom, and Bomb? Yeah, G-U-N, D-O-M, and B-O-M. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Not like Bomb, kaboom. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Gun and Bomb, damn. Violence. Uh, no. <laughs> also, Thai names, so it doesn't translate to English stuff. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> You're right. So yeah, obviously uh, there are more actors in the film than those three, but those are kind of the main ones um, that you any, that you spend any real time with in the film. And like I said, there wasn't a lot of information on the ones that I gave you about, so like this is all I could do. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's get into the film. <clears throat> so Ziwi, the titular character, is a recent Chinese immigrant to Thailand having had a bruise, brutal experience fighting the Japanese during World War II he made the journey to Thailand in hopes of a clean start he arrives as a stowaway by way of boat ready to begin his new life after being renamed Ziwi by a border guard who just refuses to recognize his Chinese name seriously the racism towards Chinese people in this film is palpable oh yeah definitely yeah. Yeah, he sets off to find work and a shelter so he may begin his new life. His first job is slaughtering chickens for a wealthy butcher. Does the chicken die? Yes. <laughs> uh -huh. After being repeatedly teased and bullied by the family, particularly the two young daughters who delight in belittling and playing jokes on him, 
uh, Zwi robs the matriarch of the family and flees. Uh, for a time, he becomes a nomadic vagrant, and from here on out, his life goes downhill drastically. Um, terrible living conditions and backbreaking labor causes Zwi's childhood asthma to flare up, snowballing into, into tuberculosis. His humiliation continues with escalating discrimination towards him, as he is not only Chinese, they refer to him uh, as a Chinese slur, which I won't repeat, but it rhymes with the word ink. Uh, oh, that's what, okay. okay. Is that all just clicking with you now? Yes, because it was, um, they were saying it, but the translation or whatever, they were calling him a woman. Yeah, that's what they were actually calling him. Okay, because I could yeah. hear it, and I was like, "Shit." Yeah, but yeah, yeah. but on the thing, they're calling him girl or or chick. Probably because the translators were like, "I'm not gonna put that in there." Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> yeah. I could, I kept hearing that, and I was like, "Man, no!" I felt so bad for him. I mean, the actor who plays him plays the role so sympathetically that I mean, you can't watch this film and not feel sorry for him. I know. You really can't. I mean, <laughs> even when he's killing children, you can't not feel sorry for him. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, May. Poor May. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, they also make fun of him and discriminate towards him because he's so sick now. Um, one scene in particular really stands out. Z-Way, I mean Z-Wee has taken what little money he has to get herbs from the apothecary for his cough. Upon leaving with said herbs in hand, they are wrapped in rather flimsy paper, and some assholes decide to play keep away with his medicine and manage to drop it into a mud puddle on the road, rendering it useless. Yeah, then when he, like, goes to grab it, he shoves it further into the mud hole. I was like, man! (laughs) It's... And then he has this look of utter anguish and defeat on his face. He as looks if to so say, Yeah, as if to say, how can the world be so cruel? I know, I just want to give him a hug all covered in mud. Like, you're okay, here's an inhaler. Yeah, man. Like, you feel <laughs> really, really sorry for him the whole film. I know, even is like, I only have this much bot. And the guy's like, okay, you really need it. And then... Yeah, he doesn't even have enough money for it, but the guy's like, you look like you're going to die. Yeah, <laughs> like, you really need this. <laughs> so here, yeah, it's it's terrible. I mean, his living conditions are just squalor. Yeah. So a turning point occurs when having a nightmare related to his time in the war, Zwi awakens to discover that he has mistakenly killed his boss's young daughter, who was standing next to his bed. Uh, She was kind to him earlier in the film. She brings him tea and a flower, which he holds dear and later cries when it's destroyed by bullies. Um, Yeah, it's kind of a sweet, like, very melancholy uh, scene. Um, But yeah, so he just strangled her, um, not meaning to, but, you know, she was there and he was strangling someone in the war. But yeah, so... She's dead, and now he's like, fuck. Uh, Accelerated by guilt and a profound need for relief from his incessant coughing, he suffers a complete mental break in this moment and begins to kill small children for their organs, 
specifically the heart and livers. He begins mm-hmm. butchering. Yeah, he begins butchering children because he believes making a tea from their hearts will ease his illness. He Aww. comes. Yeah. Comes, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. The sweetness. I need more sweetness in my life. I know. <laughs> Baby hearts. Oh yes. Uh, and he comes to this conclusion by remembering uh, eating the organs of the dead for strength during the war, uh, as well as old wives' tales from his mother. Um, the B plot of this film sort of surrounds uh, a woman, female journalist, looking into the child murders, who has also suffered a loss of a young loved one herself. Uh, she's actually seen giving Zee medicine for his illness at one, well, money for his. Uh, for medicine for his illness at one point um not knowing that he is the very killer that she's looking for um eventually she and the detectives catch ziwi in the act of trying to catch a little boy and he collapses whimpering in defeat um throughout the film ziwi as we've said he's portrayed in a very sympathetic light uh, most likely due to the fact that a lot of people are not convinced that the real ziwi even committed these murders he never received fair treatment from the Thai police and reportedly didn't even really speak Thai. He had to use an interpreter throughout his trial, um, but like we were talking earlier, Morgan will get into that in two a minute. Um, yeah. So that's kind of all I got on that. So what do you think of this movie, Morgan, besides what you've already told me? I did <gasps> not really like it. Um... I thought, like you said, they're very sympathetic to this guy, um, which makes a weird plot line for, like, you know, like you feel sad for him and everything. And it's, I guess it's just this downward spiral and this other plot line about the girl trying to find her sister's murder, like when she was a child. And then the other subplot of his mom. And all the flashbacks and everything. Um, there was a lot going on, I thought. There was a lot going on. And and yet the story was still pretty simple. Yeah. Easy to follow. Yeah, it was, um, it was pretty easy to follow. I just didn't like it. No, it was tremendously boring. <laughs> despite the fact that you really felt for the character. But the it, it suffers pacing issues, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a hardcore drama. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it is classified as a thriller because there are moments that are horrifying, such as seeing small children with their guts hanging out. <laughs> yeah, I is, guess. Which is a true horror element. But aside from those moments and some like real points where you're on edge for the main character, uh, it's... it's it's a more of a uh, suspenseful drama, but yeah, there are horrific moments that push it over the edge for sure. Um, and make it fun to talk about on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Most importantly, the guts keep it keep it real. Yeah, there there is a lot of like random shots of guts. Yeah, gruesome, and he likes gruesome pictures. Like with the the first kid, May. That was so sad. He was I know, like, but she was so sweet. I know she was so sweet, and he was just like hallucinating, like. Yeah, and her dad beat her too. Yeah, 
And she was like the sweetest little girl and gave him a flower and everything and, and tea. Him, and bringing everyone tea and giving him a little flower. He was very sweet. And it was sad that she was the first one to go. <laughs> yeah, he ended up like brutally murdering everybody else. He, I guess he, it didn't really show everything that he did to her, I guess. Because he's covered in blood, but you only well, see him choking so, her. So he chokes her and then he freaks out. And then he's like, better take her heart and run. <laughs> yeah, I, <know. laughs> I forgot he did He did take her heart after. Yeah, better take her heart and run. He's like, no, why did I do this? Oh, well, she's, I'm going to eat her heart. <laughs> I mean, she's already dead. I might as well take her heart and make some tea. Yeah, I'm not going to let it go to waste. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what sucks, though, is the tea that he makes. It's not like he drinks the tea once and then magically he's cured. It just gives him minor relief for like a couple of days. And then he has to go kill another kid. It's like, why don't you just go to uh, the store and get an inhaler? <laughs> well, he has, he has tuberculosis and inhaler's not going to help that much. Oh, and also, it? yeah, he has TB. Oh, I didn't know that. His asthma spirals into TB. He's full on got the consumption. Oh, what? I, yeah. How did I miss that? I just thought it was so boring. Sometimes I wasn't looking at the That's words. Probably. <laughs> probably missed that part. And I mean, also, I don't, they might not even explicitly say it, but that is what happened to the real Zeewee. So you have to assume it's the same thing. And he is coughing up blood and shit. Oh. Do, you, do you not remember the scene where he coughs into a hanky and he literally coughs up blood? <laughs> I thought he was coughing up the chunks that he had tried to eat. No, he was coughing up Because <laughs> it looked a up. lot like the organs that he was eating. Yeah, no, he was just coughing up blood. Oh. <clears throat> I didn't know he had tuberculosis either. Because there's so many different articles and stuff out there about this guy. I, um, I listened did... to a podcast from Singapore by two girls that are Thai. Oh. Talking, talking about it. And I'm using them as a source, so. Oh, shit. Well, you should have gave me that source. Uh, <laughs> that would have been really nice. I'm sorry, Morgan. <laughs> it was only a little 30-second blurb. It didn't have a lot of details. <laughs> I'm so I honestly didn't know that that wasn't uh, everywhere. No. Because I researched the other half, remember? Yeah, there's, like, nothing about anything about him having tuberculosis hmm. um that i saw but okay well that's yeah that's what i read oh. and heard well um so Guys, what is... <laughs> do you know anything about this let us know if he had tb or not <laughs> yeah did he did he or did he not have tuberculosis that's the real big question here. I'm almost certain, by the way, it's portrayed in the film that the film character does at least. Yeah. Yeah, he was coughing. coughing up blood is pretty serious, and he looked like he was dying half the time. Yeah, he did look like he was dying. I thought he had, like, lung cancer or something. I mean, I mean, that's an option. But during the given the time period, like the 40s, late yeah. 40s, and, like, rural Thailand, yeah. it could very well be TV. Yeah. And that is what makes the most sense. It does mind. make a lot of sense. Yeah. 
Because everybody so, was like cramped living. No, he was in the army too. So, I mean, yeah, it would make yeah. a lot of sense. Um, but there was. <laughs> there, okay. So, this whole story um, took place in the 50s. And this story is like alive today in Thailand. Um, and like we said, it, he's. He's kind of like the the boogeyman of Thailand. So when like mothers are telling their children to come back home, you know, like when the the lights come on, the street lights come on, you better come home. They say you better come home or uh, seaweed's gonna eat your liver. And so kids are like terrified um, about seaweed. I, I guess not so much anymore since around this time when this movie was made and. Um, in their most recent years of 2020, um, I'll get into that in a minute, but, yeah, uh, he was, there's not much known of him. Um, he was born in China, um, and he was a Chinese immigrant. Um, his actual name was Huang Li, Huang Liwi, but, um, I guess, a lot of similarities to the movie. They mispronounce his name on purpose, most likely. Um, he came over to Thailand, I think, in like the um, early fifties, because he was working in this small village um, outside of Bangkok. Do I? I thought it was the late forties. Was it the late forties? I think so. It was late, yeah, sorry, it was late 40s, early 50s, because it was when, um, it was after the second World War. Well, it was the Sino-China War to them. Yeah, that too, yeah. Um, and where he was in the war, they said he was, he came, I think, in like 1948 or something, um... But the Sino, the second Sino-Japanese War, that ended in forty-five. So around that time is when he came over to uh, ch- to Thailand to find um, be- a better life. Because then in China, um, it was war torn. There wasn't many jobs, um, and he thought he could get a better life living in Thailand. Um, but around this time. Thailand, Thai immigrants or Chinese immigrants were looked down on um, because the sentiment from Thailand they had been allies with the Japanese, and there was a lot of um, integrated racism um, and societal racism. Like at the very beginning of the movie, when he he comes over to Thailand, they shave his head. Um, It was sad i know it was really sad i think it was a supposed to be like a de-lousing um i was thinking okay i was thinking that but then there were there were two people in their head in there that didn't have any their head shaved at all you would think they'd shave the whole lot of them well the women had the head wraps i don't know if you noticed that i noticed that a couple of women had head wraps but there was one person out there who just had a mop of hair oh um yeah, I think I think it was supposed to be a de-lousing thing, but also whenever they came over, they were supposed to assimilate like immediately. 
Um, all of their possessions were taken away. Um, I looked into the history of it. It's pretty fucking sad. So he did go through a rough time uh, coming over. Yeah. Um, so he had to change his name. Um, they shaved his head. They pretty much gave him a new identity. They took all of his possessions away. Um, and they were just treated like second, you know, second class citizens or like the scum of the earth around that time. Um, but it was around that time when he started taking like menial jobs. Um, they said he was considered stateless after his death. Um, but I can't remember the name of the town. Um, there's like several sources that say different towns, but where, where he lived, um, was a small community and he was actually a gardener, a farmer. Um, and this community actually. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. He is now speaking out saying he was innocent. Like, what is it, 60 years later? Yeah, um, yeah. But around this time, he was working the minimal jobs. Um, and around 1958... Uh, he was caught, supposedly caught by police officers trying to burn a boy's body. Um, mm-hmm. So, so Nawa um, was the boy's father. Um, Sam Boon was a child who he was. His father sent him to go get vegetables, and then when he didn't come back. Um, they witnessed him burning a bio- a pile of brush, and that's where the body was under. Um, they immediately arrested him, and they say that he was interrogated, was given a translator, but immediately started to um, confess to killing Samboon, and he also confessed to ripping out his intestines and eating his uh, liver. So, and then after that, he started admitting to 
um, murdering five other children and four of those kids, he also um, says he ate their organs. Um, and he said one girl was too small, so he ate her heart instead. And I think that was supposed to be May. Because mm-hmm. everybody I... else ate the liver and kidney. Right. Can I pause you for a moment? Yes. I could not uh, study this case and investigate this case without thinking about Hannibal Lecter. (laughs) Like, every time I read about him eating livers, I'm like, I ate his liver with fava beans. (laughs) It's Chianti. Chianti. (laughs) Yeah, that's... I mean, it, it definitely did. Right? Um, How can you not? Sorry, I just, I had to interject that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, he he actually ate more organs, I guess, than Hannibal Lecter did. True, um, it sounds like he was way more into the organ meat. Yeah, because one, one person he said, no, he said she was too small, he couldn't eat her heart, so he ate her gullet instead. Ugh! <laughs> That's repulsive. I only I thought chickens just had gullets. Do we really have a gullet? What the fuck is a gullet? That's, that's not in the <laughs> I thought chickens had gullets. I guess that's your throat and he just ate I mean, her throat. I, I refuse I refer to my esophagus as a gullet all the time, jokingly. Yeah. It's the esophagus, right? But yeah. I thought it was the chicken's esophagus. You could it could it could be it's a broad term. You could even call it. <laughs> okay. You, you could definitely didn't... call a human's a gullet. For sure. Yeah, we didn't learn gullet in human anatomy class, so that is not <laughs> what they put on the test. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, the gullet and the funny bones over here. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, there was there was a lot of talk about him just admitting to all of these murders all over the country mm-hmm. um which is kind of crazy for a 37 year old poor migrant farmer from southern china um which would be almost impossible especially that he doesn't know the language um but anyway um he was given a translator and the only records are, that were kept of his confession were from the translator. So there's no really records of him um, saying much of anything. It's all pictures and this translator speaking for him. Um, so um, he was nicknamed the murderous cannibal. Um, a lot of people were terrified of him. Um and we're thinking that he would come back. Uh, Ty are very into spirits. Yes. Um, uh, like, so that's why this amount. is... Yeah, this, that's why this story is so terrifying to young children and to people, um, I guess, that know of the story, that are Ty. Uh, so there's, like, spirit graveyards and a lot of Ty ghosts that um, people believe in and try to stay away from um so his trial only lasted nine days um his trial opened on march 25th 
and he confessed to every count of murder and he discussed his exploits in court. Um, according to some newspapers and stories and stuff that I'd found, they said he enjoyed eating, um, he enjoyed eating the organs. Um, and there were, there was one person who said that they saw him taking, um, their sister was one of the witnesses. They said that they saw him leading their sister away from a Chinese New Year fair in Bangkok. Um, and that was in 1954. And then her body was found dumped near railroad tracks later. Um, that was the only person that connected him to any other murders. Um, but there was a survivor who her throat was slit. But someone, there were some reports that he tried to bite her throat out and she survived. Yeah. Um, but there's another story that it, he actually slit her throat but missed the major artery and she was able to escape. So I have no idea. There's a lot of different um, scary parts to this story. Just wherever you look is the source. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's been going on forever, like, you know, to tell your children not to go outside alone. Um, I mean, that's honestly just good advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, um, there was the, the girl who said that she, like, escaped... There was a charge of attempted murder against him, but she was like, no, that's not him. I don't know who he is. Um, but also, I don't know about anybody else that testified during this court because supposedly the villagers never believed that he was um, he was guilty. Yeah. Except for the police and the father of the boy that they said they, they caught him burning. Um which I'm I'm not sure where that part falls in. Maybe he killed that boy and then burned his body. I don't know. But apparently the police and the dad saw it. But none of yeah, the they villagers... witnessed him doing that. Yeah, that's just weird to me. Yeah. Like, witness that happening in broad daylight. You witness uh, that, but then most of the village believes you're innocent. Yeah. Like a major majority of the village believes that he's innocent and um, they were trying to get the courts to, um, cremate his body because, uh, they did get that to happen eventually. They did. They did. But ever since he was like, um, you know, said he was guilty, these people were like, no, he's innocent from the fifties. Yeah. So. Um, and some of those people are dead now, so it's actually the children and grandchildren of these people who have been fighting for him for the past, like, you know, forever. Um, but Can we after, talk about his... I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, after his uh, trial, only lasted nine days, they sentenced him to life uh, because he pled guilty, but then the prosecutors immediately appealed the verdict, and then they said that confession should not apply because the evidence would have been enough to convict him. So they returned the verdict and then the appeals of court agreed to sentence um, Siwi to die by firing squad. Um, 
apparently rumor says he fainted in the courtroom and he was only brought back after a policeman gave him a cigarette. <laughs> yes, I remember. <laughs> Um, so he was sentenced to prison. He went to Bangkok, um, capital and he stayed there only for a few months. Um, I I don't, I think maybe a year. Um, and he died by firing squad on September 17th, 1959. Um, lucky for him because, uh, especially back then, the Thai were very hang-happy. Yeah, I don't know. If you see where the bullets were, I I think they all shot at once, which would have been okay. That's Um, that's, that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, I guess guess I would rather go out by shooting, like, a firing squad than hanging. I don't know. The hangman hangman forever holds the uh, guilt of killing you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whereas Firing Squad takes the guilt off because no one knows whose bullet killed them. Well, three hit him. (laughs) Yes. Um, Three hit him in the chest. I think one hit him directly in the heart. One looked like it hit his sternum, and the other one looked like it hit, like, his liver or something. Um, Because you can see the bullet holes. Yeah, Uh, but we'll never know who did what. (laughs) Yeah, no, they won't. But... The reason why we could see where the bullet holes were, because after he was sentenced to death and shot by a firing squad, um, the Bangkok, one of the Bangkok's uh, hospitals, like the main hospital, um, decided to keep his body. And one of the researchers wanted his brain to study it. So they actually kept his body and mummified it with wax and formaldehyde and had it on display until last year. Yeah. Um, so, and apparently this, like, museum, I really want to go to it. It's like the um, Thai version of the Mutter Museum in Philly. Um, yes, yes. Um, so you can see, like, all the oddities of the medical world from, like, the 1800s until, like, now. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like, you know, fetuses in jars. There's uh, giant testicles from people with elephantitis. There's like um, conjoined twins and stuff like that. There's there's even like um, uh, whole bodies of victims from like blunt force trauma and stuff that are mummified or their skeletons are on um, display. But it's called the Siriage. Cir- Siriage Medical Museum. It's also nicknamed the Museum of Death. Um, and it's in Bangkok, Thailand. But it wasn't until um, 2020 when the um, courts decided to give the body to a um, a Buddhist monastery, I think. Some kind of church. I don't know if it's Buddhist or not. Right. Um, but they were able to um, cremate him. And a lot of the villagers want his ashes. Um, but his ashes are actually stored in this. I'm trying to find it. I had it pulled up. I can't really type because I had surgery, so it really hurts. So I had to leave all my windows up with notes. Um, it's okay. We understand why. <laughs> 
Uh, let's see. Do you have it where his body is now? Or um, I knew that he got cremated, but I didn't know where they kept his ashes. Yeah, so they they decided not to give it um, to the the villagers because they said that they may like go missing or something. So they put it into this um, like cathedral thing or something. Um, so they could keep watch on it because apparently they have like 50 cameras. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, in one of the articles I read, they're like 40 CCT TV cameras. Nobody will get away with ashes was like, dude, I don't know. I didn't, know, I didn't realize that his ashes were as, uh, coveted as the crown jewels. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, there was there was a lot of people that have been trying to get this conviction overturned for years. Um, but also the museum didn't want to give up his body because that was like, right when you walk in the museum. Yeah. His body's right there. Right. When you walked in the museum, I mean, now it's not, but we'll post pictures on our Instagram. Yeah. That was the big, um, you know, the thing that people wanted to see yeah. was the the Thai cannibal. Um, I mean, the Chinese cannibal. So, yeah. So, it's not really, it's not really certain, you know, because there was a lot of racism back then. Um, and since he's dead and a lot of the people from the case are dead, we may never really know what happened. Yeah, a lot of the the family and the children and everything um, of the villagers like say that no, he's innocent. He was a good guy, and he was just a scapegoat because of the racism um, and the fears of Chinese immigrants that the Thai people had then. I mean, um, I wouldn't be shocked if that was true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they wanted to put you know they wanted to say hey yeah we caught this killer. Um, and then they connected him to five other murders, yeah. um, which doesn't make sense a lot. Like if there was a timeline to look at, maybe you could see like, oh, yeah, he was living right there. But there's none of that. They just put it on him. Yeah, there's no timeline or evidence of like where he was. Then they said he was like um, homeless and was just working on jobs here and there and was killing on the side, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, there's a line from the end of the movie that the journalist says that's along the lines of, I'm not sure if he's a murderer or a victim. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure. Okay. So Morgan, where did, where is this museum that you were talking about? I mean, where is the, where are his remains? Okay. Oh, Okay, so I found it on the Bangkok Post. Um, so according to them, on July 23rd, 2020, um, the body of notorious serial killer Siwee was cremated in Nantaburi uh, yesterday after six decades of being on public display at a museum in Bangkok. Um, so he was created at the Wat Bang Prep Thai. <laughs> I probably butchered that. Uh, near the Bangkwang prison in Nantaburi. Mm -hmm. um, so they decided 
the uh, corrections department decided that he would not be kept at the temple where the cremation ceremony was held, and it will not be uh, kept in the village where he lived and worked before he was arrested. Um, so they said he also didn't have any relatives that they know of, so they're not really sure what's going to happen to them. Uh, one of the police officers said he feared if the ashes were taken to the Tapsake district, a shrine would be built and people would go there to worship. And he doesn't think it's right that a convicted serial killer, um, people should worship him. Right. Um, so it's kind of in the air. I haven't seen any other like recent updates on it. Um, but there were a lot of people that were interviewed and they said, we don't believe that Siwi we did it and we want the cremation today to mark the end of the story of Siwi. Um, and they said maybe if DNA testing, um, was advanced as it was, you know, as it is now, like back then, then they would definitely be able to prove that he did it or was just a scapegoat. We have flying cars by now if everything <laughs> wasn't that advanced back then. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there were actually villagers um, who traveled to Bangkok for the ceremony. And they said that um, w he was hired as a laborer in their, on their family farm. And all of their relatives really loved him and never thought that he did it. Yeah, so they ended up going to the ceremony. So, I mean, who knows? We won't know. Yeah, we won't. So, um, I guess that kind of closes the chapter on this, eh? Yeah. So, Morgan, uh, I know you've been laid up uh, from your surgery. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what have you been doing to entertain yourself? Uh, watching trash TV. Um, oh, yeah, trash? <laughs> <laughs> do tell us. Uh, so, have you seen uh, 30 uh, 60 days in? No, oh, wait, is that like uh, in a jail thing? <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, uh, it's really ridiculous, but um, it's a docuseries on right. AE mm -hmm. and it's called. Um, internationally, it's called the jail 60 days in, um, but in the U S it's known as 60 days in, you can get it on Hulu or if you have the A and E app, you can get it on there. Um, or the discovery app, they have A and E shit on there. Uh, Hulu is better cause there's no commercial breaks. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So we've been, I have just been like vegging out to this it's it's so silly so the <laughs> premise is um so the i'm only on season two right now but mm -hmm. it took place in the clark county jail in indiana i think uh the other ones are like atlanta and arizona but i haven't gotten that gotten that far yet um Any but famous criminals in these jails um actually on the first season Muhammad Ali's daughter um, was one of the contestants or the participants. 
Hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. Muhammad Ali's daughter's in jail? No, she went to jail to see how it was. So, sorry, the premise... Oh, okay. The premise is uh, these volunteers go undercover to spend 60 days in the Clark County Jail as inmates. And the only people... Oh. Yeah, the okay. only people that know it is, like, one sh- sheriff, one deputy, and, like, two other people. So but it's that's- like... Hold on, but that's silly. You're gonna tell me that some people in jail didn't re- nobody recognized Layla Ali? No, it wasn't Layla Ali. Oh, it's it not was a, not, the, not the famous one. No, it wasn't the famous one. This okay. one's a social worker. Um, oh, okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't the, the really famous one. I mean, this one, I guess, is she's sort of famous. She's in pictures with him, but she's not like out there. You'd have to be a hardcore Muhammad Ali fan to recognize her. Yeah. She looks exactly like Muhammad Ali, though. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it's it's pretty pretty wild. Um, there's, like, this one guy on the show on the first season. His name was uh, Robert. I fucking hate him. I hate him. He is... I don't know who he is, but apparently he's been on other um, um, reality TV shows. But mm. Robert Holcomb, if you're listening, you're a fucking douchebag. Yeah. I, oh god, I wanted to like come through the TV and just choke him out because he's just so annoying and he's such a liar. And I can't believe that he's a teacher because if he was my teacher, I'd probably go to jail for murder. This dude is unbelievable. I'm like, is this guy real? Like, that's why trash TV is so addictive, I guess, because there's people that you want to, like, like, are you a real person? Are you a robot? Are you paid to be a, you know, fucking annoying person? I don't Uh... know. You have to watch it to understand the hate that I have for Robert. He does have a punchable face. He has such a beautiful face. Ugh, I hate him. Um, um, but on this second season, there's this one guy, um, Ryan, but he goes by Kyle Ryan. Um, he actually like he goes he goes rogue. So they're like asking him for information because they're all supposed to be gathering information about this gel and like what they can fix, like the. The um, people who run the jail are, like, wondering, why are there drugs in here? Like, what can we do better? And, like, so they're supposed to be in there pretending like inmates so they can gather intel. Well, this guy, Ryan, just goes fucking rogue. And he's like, I got a code. I'm not narking on anybody. And they're like, wait, we put you in this program. And he's like, yeah, but I live by the code. And so he, like, turns hardcore prison guy now. (laughs) <laughs> dude you committed no crimes get out of there you crazy person i know he's he's the crazy guy on season two yeah so wow. that's what i've been up to wow okay that's not what i was expecting <laughs> i don't yeah, know that... what i was expecting but that's interesting mo <laughs> yeah that and a lot of nat geo stuff about um draining the oceans and shit <laughs> oh cool I love stuff like that. I love Nat Geo. Nat Geo is great. Yeah, we got um, the Disney app, so they have Nat Geo. All right. See, we have Curiosity Stream. 
Nice. Yeah. It's and it's really cheap, by the way. It's only like twenty dollars a month. I mean, it's only like twenty dollars a year. Oh, oh, I was about to say, I was like, that's way more expensive than no. Disney. It's like twenty dollars a year. Okay. All right. Or something like that. It's really cheap. Um, I highly recommend it. Not sponsored, but we Curiosity. should see. Yeah. Curiosity stream. Yeah. Yep. Um, yet. Yet. Yes. Yet. Key word there. Uh, so I guess we'll. Uh, what have I been doing? Hmm. Yeah. What have you been doing? What have uh, you been up to? Okay. Um, playing Fallout 76 as per usual. I probably do that every day, to be honest, because I'm grinding that shit out, yo. Nice. Uh, getting, getting. Uh, the I just finished this season. Like it's like a game board, right? Yeah. I just made my way. I just moved my theoretical token all the way around the board and made it to the end. So that's cool. I got all those fun um, awards by uh, completing tasks. <laughs> uh, so and things. What? so the, you said you're playing Fallout 76? Mm-hmm. Yes. So did Bethesda do that one? Or was yes. that just Fallout 4? It's Bethesda. Okay, I thought it was Bethesda. Bethesda's had um, Fallout since Fallout 3. Okay, because I remember they did Fallout 4, but I wasn't sure if they continued. Yeah, they've had it for a while now. Yeah, ever since Fallout 3. Yeah, I'm kind of mad at Bethesda right now. Uh, What have they done this time? (laughs) So it's, it's nothing that is like public it's just my opinion um so they released okay i've been waiting on fucking elder scrolls for how many years now 10 11 Um, almost 11 you're having the same conversation that mark and i have weekly yeah what the fuck they just released an anniversary edition not anything else stop (laughs) releasing new versions of skyrim and give us Fucking Elder Scrolls Six for yeah. the love of God! Yeah, I am so fucking mad. I'm so mad. Another three years before that comes out. <sighs> I'm so. I know. I know. Um, I also want GTA Six. Rockstar yeah. Games. Yeah, Rockstar. We're picking Been a on long you time now. on that one too. Yeah. Just saying. But yeah. I have Fallout Six Seventy Six to keep me warm until then. um and it's you know it's like an mmo kind of so i mean it is a multiplayer online game so it forever keeps me doing things so that's nice um i also have been re-watching the americans did you ever watch that show is that the spy show yes it's the show about um two russian uh s agents S operatives um, during the Cold War 80s. Yeah, stars, that's right. Yeah, it stars Carrie Russell and Matthew Reese, and it's great. And um, I had only watched the first three seasons originally, and it's been a couple years since I finished watching those three. And there's three more seasons, so I thought to myself, I should re-watch the first three and then watch the next three. So that's what I've been doing. I just got to season four. Nice. Is it good? 
Yeah, it's great. Um, I enjoy the whole Cold War atmosphere, and I love a Russian accent, as you all know. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, comrade. Uh, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I really, I really love. Um, I love Carrie Russell. So. Yeah, she's pretty. She's a pretty good actress. She's a pretty good actress. I loved Felicity. Did you ever watch Felicity? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, did. I, loved, I loved Felicity. I've loved her for a long time. I remember watching her on the new Mickey Mouse Club in the early 90s. Wow. I don't. I also remember Britney Spears being on there and Christina was she, Aguilera. Was she in Full House? Who? Carrie Russell. I don't. Maybe? I don't know. She was in The Waitress, though. Did you ever see The Waitress? waitress. I (laughs) love The Waitress. That's such a good movie. It's got Andy Griffith in it. Yeah, I I love The Waitress. One time, um, Megan and I were watching it uh, back in college, and we had to pause it, and it's the scene where he's slamming her head in the car, and they're both screaming. Oh, yeah. And it it was the most intense scene we could have paused it on, and he looks like he really hits her in the face. Yeah, it's really intense. <laughs> I um, actually got reminded on, like, Facebook, like, hey, here's a memory, and it was him, like, hitting her in the head. <laughs> I took a picture of it. Wow. <laughs> um, what, uh, what did you ask me if she was in? Um, Full House? No, um, she was in an episode of Boy Meets World. She was in an episode of Seventh Heaven. Oh. And an epi- two episodes of Scrubs. I think I remember her in Scrubs. Yeah, I, I definitely do. She was Melody. Oh. Uh, Mark's favorite show is Scrubs. I've watched it too many times now. I he quotes love it all the time. That's amazing. Andrew has a yearly let's watch Scrubs. Um, it's coming up. It's I, when summer turns to fall. I can't <laughs> wait for them to meet each other because they're gonna be friends. Mm-hmm. They like the it same music <laughs> and a lot of the same entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> they will meet one day. They'll either be like really good friends or they'll be like the worst enemies. Yeah, um, I'm hoping it's the former. Like fight to the death for the better partner. No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm hoping that our significant others do not fight to the death. That I hope be, they have an extreme thumb war. That would be great. Yeah, be um, like fight. Put I would together. I would laugh a lot at that. <laughs> uh, okay, guys. So we're gonna wrap it up. Um, so. Next week, and it will literally be next week, <clears throat> we will be releasing a new episode. Um, I will tell you the movie, but our guest is a surprise! But what? it's a really cool surprise, we think, anyway. Um, so we're going to be doing Snowtown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's one that's been on my list for a long time, and Morgan wouldn't let me do it a couple of months ago because she said it was too close to other Australian things. <laughs> Look, I have a great love 
of Australian true crime. You really do. They have some really bananas cases, in my opinion. I also love Asian true crime, if that hasn't also been apparent. Yeah, that's that's very apparent, because I like it, too. So, yeah. You know, guys, we are not in cannibals. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is this is like the fourth movie that has had cannibals in it. I am not. That is not lost on me. <laughs> it's definitely more than that. I mean, if you count both Jeffrey Dahmer movies, it's more than four. Je- both Jeffrey Dahmer's. Uh, There's a secret in my soup. Uh, the the guy who ate the penis, Grimlove. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The cannibal of Rottenberg. Yeah, uh, this movie. That's five. Those are the only five that come to mind at the moment. Was there other there's cannibalism? One, there's one more, right? The... Oh, God, why have we talked about so many cannibals? <laughs> <laughs> we should just change our name to uh, the cannibal horror case. versus cannibal reality. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, then we just. Then we just do a mini series, and it's just all the cannibal movies from the seventies, starting with Cannibal <laughs> Holocaust. Oh my god, we should do that. I mean, Patreon guys, watch <laughs> this space. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, but yeah, we're gonna do Snowtown. I'm excited about it. Um, Morgan's excited about it, and uh, I don't know what we're gonna do in September yet, but we're still working out things with our other guests. Who haven't picked movies yet? <clears throat> you, you know who you are. Fingers, you know who you are. <laughs> you know who you are. It's like you to reply soon. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. Uh. We're gonna go, guys. It's been great. We'll see you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye. make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy mail checks invoices legal documents and everything you need to keep your business running with stamps.com seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. 
That's stamps.com. Code program.